This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. It's now my pleasure to introduce our Executive Vice President and General Manager, Mr. Kevin Sheveldayoff, who will make our first pick on behalf of the Winnipeg Jets. Hey y'all, welcome to another edition of the Grit Per 60 podcast, the podcast with all the chemistry of the Sedin Twins and none of the athletic ability. My name's TC, Uh, well my name's Connor Farrell, you can call me TC, and I am joined by, from Gainesville Zone. I am Brendan Farrell, also known as TCJ. And TCJ, what do you write for? Uh, I write for the independent Florida alligator covering volleyball, but I also obviously watch the Jets and do this with you. So that was going to be my next question. What do we cover here on this show? The Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets. And what did the Winnipeg Jets do recently? Uh, well, they just lost to the Islanders. That's that's what they've done recently. You know, they didn't do that hockey. It's... Not well. I mean, they did the hockey, but not particularly well. Did they? All right, well, last night, well, last night while we're recording this, the Jets are coming off a 4-1 loss on the road to the New York Islanders. Uh, They actually played this one in the Coliseum. It was like a last-minute change. It was like, I think they decided like two weeks in advance that it was like, oh, wait, uh, Russian place won the Coliseum instead of Barclay Center. Every time I like look up, it, like if a team of mine is playing the Islanders, I'm always like, okay, so which arena are they in? Like I was yeah. like last night, I is was, the Coliseum, I was watching... Is the Coliseum the one with the car in that? No, no, Barclay Center. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I knew they were playing in, uh, in the Coliseum last night. <laughs> oh, I, I, there's I no was... car in the corner. I, I was looking for Honky and I couldn't find him. So I was like, "Oh, they must be, they must be a NASA." But, but you know, with the Islanders, I, do you ever really know what stadium they're in? No, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's pretty much like a fifty-fifty split this year. And is is either one actually on the island? NASA is Coliseum. The Coliseum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one where they that, that was the one where they played in forever, and then they moved to Barclays. To Barclays, which is in Na- Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Nassau is the one that only Islanders fans like, and Barclays Center is the one that everybody hates. Do Islanders fans hate the Barclays Center? Yeah, because it's super far away from them, and it wasn't built for hockey. So. Ah. Uh. Yeah, like the seating lines suck. The scoreboard isn't even over center ice. Horrible, horrible <laughs> to play hockey. Wait, it's not over center ice. Where is it? 
I think it's like over like one of the blue lines because it's set up oh. for to be half court of the uh, of the NBA setup. Oh, I imagine the 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 NBA is smaller now. Yeah, so it's like the court is smaller. Yeah, so it's it's a little off. So they didn't just exp- oh yeah, we're getting into too much. We're getting off topic. Um, we're getting way off topic. You should yeah, usually get about ten minutes in before we go off topic. I mean, not, not three. Jeez. I, I would love to make fun of the Islanders as much as we possibly can. Because uh, it's just, it's so easy. That said, they did just beat the Jets 4-1. to one. How? The fact that it is somewhat easy to make fun of the Islanders. Uh, I mean, the, the big reason why is that the Jets defense took a, took a big hit in, I mean, before the game even started, when Josh Morrissey picked up an upper body injury during warm-up. So who knows what that is or for how long it's for. He uh, so, pulled something playing Sui. Yeah, so the Jets lost, like, their only good defenseman. Their so. only good defense. They've got some good defensemen. They lost their only top-pairing top caliber defenseman. And then also today, we'll get to this later, but they also uh, had Dmitry Kulikov leave uh, for yeah. personal reasons. So good luck with him on that. Yeah, that's that's a rough one. I mean, there already is no defense on this team. Like, what? where do you go from here? Sammy Niku, save us. Yeah, yeah, just did just call up Sammy Niku. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But first, let's let's talk about, talk about the, the game. loss to the Islanders last night. So So Oh, you want to go? No, go you go ahead. It. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was going to I was going to ask how did how did that first period go? What did anything happen in that first period? Um Brassois played well. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I did think it was interesting that it went with uh, Brassois instead of uh, Hellebuck yesterday. Yeah, that was interesting. What are I mean? Are they saying Brassois is our number one now, or is we're just saying Brassois is playing better than Hellebuck is in our small sample size that we have? I don't know. I think maybe they just wanted to save him for the Penguins huh? without having him play twice in three nights or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. But Brisson played well. I just, I do think he's been the better goalie of the two over the three games, which is still a small sample size. But you know, um, and and it's it's hard to say that he played well when he gave up four goals. But what do you want him to do? Yeah, I, he's not he's not going to be Brodeur back there just stealing games. Yeah, natural statric has the Jets allowing 3.61 expected goals against at all situations, and they allowed four. But, I mean, there were a lot of odd man rushes against Brussois, and he made a lot of great saves. And really, I think the only goal you can really fault him on was, I believe, the third one, I think. It was the one that was deflected from – it was like a point shot and that got deflected about a little bit in front of the slot area. Uh, well, if it's deflected, I don't even know. Well, I guess that's all positioning. But um, So did anything notable happen in the first period? 
No, not really. It was no score after one period. Uh, the Jets had like a, a small. I mean, they they outshot the uh, the Islanders, but yeah. Well, but we know with this team that doesn't matter. I mean, they also outshot the Rangers pretty badly. And look how that. I mean, like, out. like yeah, that's a good point. But still, I mean. You know, I mean, putting the puck on net is always a good thing, so. Well, yeah. But also, like, with our defense. Yeah. You have to make sure you're, you, the shots that you're creating are quality chances because we know the other team is going to create quality chances. And speaking of which, for the third straight game, the Jets allowed the first goal. And for the second straight game, they allowed the first three goals. Woo! Man, these guys just do not like leads. Do not like leads. No, no, particularly early leads. They're they're just gonna. They like making it difficult for themselves, don't they? I guess, yeah. Uh, so, Josh Bailey had an easy power play goal. Some pretty shoddy uh, penalty killing there that loud. This Jets team get pretty much wide penalty open. killing. This just team shot a penalty killing without Josh Morrissey. Yeah, I no, am just, for one. I'm shocked and yeah. appalled. Yeah, that was not surprising in the slightest. So Man, that, I, that made it. That made it. They just nothing. can't take penalties when you've got no defenders, defensemen. You just Paul Maurice. That if I'm Paul Maurice, that's what I'm drawing in my players' heads. Do not take penalties. Just don't do it. Yeah, and then the Islanders. Got the second goal of the game at five on five with, I mean, some nice, nice passing and nice play, but it was not, obviously not great defense and Brassois just had no chance on it. Absolutely none. I mean, yeah. And then once you go down two nil, I mean, you're still in it, but have you shown anything to this point, have the Jets shown anything that they're going to come back other than, you know, the last game where they came back came back from for nothing? I, I mean, sorry, can you run that back again? It, it wasn't making sense to me. Okay, sorry. I get convoluted with my sentence structure. Yeah. Um, two nothing. Two nothing down. Is there any evidence to say – Oh, the Jets are going to come back in this game. They're playing well enough. They should be able to, to get two goals. I mean, yeah, because they were, like I said, they, they weren't having necessarily a problem getting shots on goal in this game. Granted, they weren't necessarily the best of shots. I mean, they, they did have plenty of chances, but there were also some low percentage shots, like from the point. Primarily, the, the, the shots were coming from uh, the right side of the point and towards the top part of the slot. Okay, so down 2 nothing. There's still a chance. Then... Yeah, yeah except uh, Anders Lee scores towards the end of the second. He, he's yeah. pretty good at hockey. Yeah, I mean, Anders Lee does do that hockey pretty well. He, he does the hockey well. Okay. 3-0. Yeah, Jets have then, been here before. 
because Patrick Line clearly uh, heard about what you said about him the other night. I I told you he was going to score. I told I, him he was going to score. Yeah, he does quite an absolute rocket. Uh, Just as past, past Thomas Grice on the glove side, short side on the rush. Great shot. And, you know, that's the kind of play you want to see out of Patrick Line. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what you pay him to do. Good job, Patrick. Do it again. I bet you can't. I bet you cannot. Um, but yeah, Line A, Line A has woken up. Uh, does this signal the floodgates opening for Line A? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so difficult to to predict. Like, yeah, like, like what? You want me to tell you what the lottery numbers are for next week? Like, I don't know. Yes, that would be great, actually. Uh, you know, it's so hard to predict those things, you know, but once line A does get hot, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a huge, and huge advantage for the Jets. That's exactly what the Jets need right now is something good to go their way. And if that one thing is line A proving that he's a top line talent and can score goals, good, do it, do it. I dare you. Line A, if you're listening, I double dog dare you put some more pucks in the net. But this game was very much uh, like Islanders Barry Trotz hockey in that the Islanders didn't have a whole lot of shots, but everything came from right in front of Brossois while they were doing a pretty decent job of limiting quality the other way. Okay. I'm not sure how super sustainable that is. It got the Islanders pretty far last year, but that also was I mean, primarily because Robin Leonard stood on his head last year. This is true. But, but if Grice Islanders plays not. the way he did, Grice is playing well. If Grice plays the way he did, I don't see why not. But that's a big if. That's a huge if, that if Grice can play that every night. Yeah, and when <laughs> – I mean, I was just looking at the time on ice for the Jets defenseman. Like, when Neil Pionk, Vile Heinola, Carl Dahlstrom, and Dmitry Kulikov are all getting, like, about 20 minutes or more, it's going to be tough sliding. Like, it's going to be hard to win in those situations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I like Heinola, and... Pionk, I don't think is bad, but you don't really want them playing more than 20 games a night. And, you know, you mean, you know I feel about Kulikov. What? You said 20 games a night. I hope you mean 20, 20 minutes. minutes a night. I mean, I don't want playing, them playing 20 games a 20, night either. Yeah. But you don't want that to play 20, 20 minutes a game. And you know how I feel about Kulikov. As far as I'm concerned, side. you know. What? On his offside. On his offside. No, that's your thing. I just don't like him. Well, I, no, before I, he I mean, scored that goal, I was ready to send him down. But he scored that goal, so I'll, I'll I'll put up with him for a little bit. I mean, I also don't like Kulikov, but the part that gets me is that you're taking what is it, who is essentially like a third pairing defenseman at best, and then putting him on the top pairing on his offside. Like, um, okay. So, so what I wanted wanted to mention here. As long as are we, is there anything else from that game that you wanted to talk about? Uh, not particularly. I think it, I think that game 
played out pretty much as well as it could have with well, without, Morrissey without out. Morrissey, yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact that it wasn't a total blowout, I guess, is is a plus. I mean, uh, it was 4-1. I mean, yeah, but... That's not I mean, particularly it close. No, but the way the game played out, it wasn't that bad. You know? It, it did have that kind of a feeling of, well, it's just one of those days. But it wasn't as horrible as I thought it was going to be. Now, without Morrissey and Kulikov coming up, I mean, yeah, if, if Morrissey's out long-term, then, yeah, it's going to be really tough. I mean, it sounds like, to me, it feels like he he was ready to play, uh, and then last minute something happened. So that sounds to me like he might have been playing through something. No, it happened in warm-ups. It happened in warm-ups? Yeah, I don't know. I just – when it happens that close to game time, I just have this – I'm not ready to write him off yet as far as this injury is concerned until we hear something else. It's definitely going to be one of those uh, he's day-to-day until he returns sort of things. Yeah. Um, well, I'm looking at now, apparently Paul Maurice said that – he was kept out as a precautionary thing, but still, yeah. like I said, he's day to day until he returns. Right. Um, but what I wanted to, to talk about was where are we with this Jets team? Like New Jersey's not that good. The Rangers, not bad, but they're also not that good. The Islanders, a little bit better, but still not not that good. Like, yeah, what they've got two points out of those three games. Well, I mean, to me, the thing that gets me is that uh, the Jets are both top five in the most expected goals for per sixty at five on five, and also in the top five of most expected goals against per sixty at five on five. So, so explain explain what that means. To a stupid it person. means that they're expected to score a lot of goals at five on five, and they're also expected to give up a lot of goals at five on five. Yeah. So that's about what we're seeing. Except for last night when they could only score one goal. Right. Well, I mean, that's not accounting for shooting talent, you know? Right. Sometimes you just have nights where you have some good chances and you score on one of them happens and that's the thing that i've that i've been noticing here early on is they're creating a lot of good chances and they're getting but it's like the the finish just hasn't been there like that rangers game i'm 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 still on this thing like they should not have the rangers should not have been in that game but they could they kept shooting it directly at henrik lundquist yeah they're about middle of the road in they're slightly below average in terms of shooting percentage at five one five they're thirteenth uh eight point three three percent so yeah not not particularly great and they're also not getting a whole lot of help at down in their own end uh granted their defense has been bad but their goaltending hasn't been great either uh so that means they are sixth in the league in pdo so it's it's been kind of that way early on, but that's also kind of the thing you open yourself up to when you're this team that 
gives up as much as it creates. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think we're breaking news to anybody here that, oh, the Jets are really good at scoring, and oh, they're also really bad at defending. Like, we kind of knew that going into the season. Uh, just how bad it would be, I think, is what's – just how just how extreme it is from goal scoring to goal allowing, I think, is the real interesting thing that we've noticed here early on. Yeah, I mean – yeah, well, as soon as I watched them, like like the first game, I was like, yeah, I could totally see them playing like this the rest of the year, right? Given given their lineup and you know, given their strengths and weaknesses. And and I don't think the solution to the defense is in the organization, really. So like, yeah, I, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. And really, like, I mean, they have. They have draft picks at their disposal. They could use if they wanted to give up or if they wanted to acquire another defenseman. But I'm see, I'm hesitant I mean, to do that. If they're not contending this year, then don't do that, obviously. Right. That's what I was gonna say is I'm hesitant to do that because it it almost the narrative is they the narrative is is that their cup window is closing or has closed. And if that's the case, you have to draft well. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of unbelievable to think about like their contending window being just two years. Yeah, that's insane. It's kind of hilarious, honestly. Uh, just hard to think about. So, how do we see this shaping out down the road? Where does that um, leave us with this this season? I mean, I think you see an interesting team that's you know fun to watch, but doesn't ultimately make the playoffs. But are we still thinking playoff bubble team? I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking playoff bubble team. I don't think they miss it by much, but I still think they miss it. But it does yeah, that's help. Where that's about where I am. It does help that they've gotten a little bit of a head start on the rest of their division. Uh, three three teams in their division haven't won a game yet, so. That helps them. Granted, the Blackhawks have only played one game, but the Wild and the Stars both lost all of, all of their games in regulation so far. So it, it is only October, so it's way too early to start looking at standings. But hey, you gave yourself a bit of a head start on a in a very tough, close division. How by taking a point from New Jersey or taking two points from New Jersey? I mean, that, that's. I mean, they're they're two points. Sorry. Yeah, they, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, their two points are still two more than three other teams in their division, you know? Yeah, I, so. don't, I just don't think you can call that a head start just because Well, uh, don't, those, having, don't those teams have still have to play like New Jersey and New York and uh, the yeah. other New York? Yeah, but my point is that they haven't looked completely terrible, unlike the Wild and the Stars have, so... That's that's odd too because I thought the the stars were supposed to be good this year picking up Joe Pavelski and, and Corey Perry. Well, yeah, but did we really expect that much out of Corey Perry at this point? I mean, you still expect him to to contribute some, but again, it's, it's way too early to start making conclusions about teams. But it, it's at least nice to know they haven't looked like a total dumpster fire so far. 
Okay, so with this podcast coming out on Thursday, we're going to skip over that Penguins game and go right into what we think about this wild team, which actually that discussion about the division really sort of pans out. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the wild have started off the year. Oh, and two, not the start they wanted. Uh, well, you know, well, they played, pretty, I mean, they, they played two good they teams. Played the Predators Predators and the and they played, yeah, those are going to be good teams. this year. But starting off the year. Oh, and two against your own division is not good. No, that's an odd schedule that they got to. Three division opponents in their first three games. Who else yeah. in the NHL is doing that? Uh, the Sharks are. The Sharks. Okay. But <laughs> that you, one I know off the top of my head. NHL, but you know what I'm talking about. The NHL likes to schedule these odd opponents early on and then like cram all of the division games in like the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, you know, and, and given everything that happened off the ice – uh, in the off season this year, you know, I'm sure that the wild really wanted to put all of that noise behind them early on, but they haven't seemed to have done that so far, but yeah, it's only been two games. So, and you know, I know they're Owen two, but I still kind of see this game going like, I feel like though, maybe it's because I have been focusing on the jets more this season, but I, I feel like that the talent the jets have, is going to dictate the way the Jets are structured as a team is going to dictate this game more than the Wild are as a team. So, like, it's going to stick more to the usual Jets script of the Jets are going to score a lot, but they're also going to give up a lot. Like, I feel like that's more di- going to direct this game than the way the Wild play. Yeah, and it certainly doesn't help that last year the the Wild were to me they were kind of a boring team last year. They were okay offensively, but really good defensively, and they kind of lull you to sleep before beating you occasionally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of been their calling card for the last few years. I remember, you know, a few years ago, they were supposed to have this elite defense that didn't really get them far enough in the playoffs as they wanted. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, between Eric Stahl, Miku Koivu, and Jason Zucker, and Matt Zuccarello, you have a bunch of – forwards who are really good both offensively and defensively. And then you've got a blue line with Ryan Suter, Matt Dumba, and Jared Spurgeon. So you can see why that like their defense is a little bit of their calling card. Right. Well when you know when they have Ryan Suter Matt yeah. Like Ryan Suter's always gonna be good at you know leading his team on the blue line. Um but what's interesting is the I think their goalie is uh, at least as far as results go, kind of similar to Connor Hellebuck in ways because both goalies had one season where they looked like really, really good, where they looked like the real deal, and the rest of the time just kind of okay. Yeah, honestly, you're not, like you're not really sure what you're going to get out of either one. Yeah, like honestly, if Devin Dubnik was just okay for the Wild last year, they probably at least come close to making the playoffs. You know, it was a tough year for him and really to that whole team in general, but I think their biggest culprit last year was their goaltending. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you, do, does anything stand out to you on about this wild team? Uh, I mean, I'm glad that 
they decided to hold on to Jason Zucker or that, you know, I mean, they tried to shop him for Phil Kessel and supposedly, and Phil didn't want to go to Minnesota. I, I like Jason Zucker. <laughs> I also like Nathan Koivu. <laughs> I so, think it's hilarious that Phil Kessel would rather go to Arizona than Minnesota. Like what is going on in, in Arizona that he doesn't have in, well, I guess a coach, but. Um, but, you know, Arizona has the whole up, young up and coming thing. Meanwhile, the wild are firing their general manager and doing right. all sorts of wacky things. Right. Yeah. Having one of, one of the worst trades of all time with uh, Victor Rask for Neo Niederreiter. Yeah, that, that article, that um, that Paul Fenton article was wild. <laughs> that was really um, lame, you know. I didn't even mean to do that. That's just how I, that's just how I talk. You know this. Yeah. <laughs> um, that really was something to read. Uh, and I kind of wonder if there's a little bit of a – well, probably not. These are hockey players. They're just going to keep going. I was going to say I wonder if there's a little bit of a hangover from that sort of – that whole ordeal with these players. But, you know, I think hockey players in particular have a sense of we just really want to play this game and we really want to want to win. Yeah, but certainly it doesn't help knowing that there's a lot of distractions going on behind the scenes. But we will move on from the Wild, or the game against the Wild, I should say. And while we are skipping the Penguins game, because it will have already happened by the time we have uh, recorded, uh, the Jets do have games following the Wild game against the Blackhawks and the Penguins. Yes. So it, it's a so it's a back-to-back. So they play a Thursday against the Wild and then Saturday, Sunday against the Blackhawks and the Penguins. Yeah, so this – we don't really know that much about how the Blackhawks are going to play yet because they've only played one game. But in all honesty, they didn't look that good in that one game. Uh, uh, I almost said Corey Schneider, but I meant the other one. Um, Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford. Um uh, um <laughs> uh, I knew I knew it was wrong. At least give me credit for that. Um Crawford looked really, really good in that first game. And you know, having almost a week off because he's traveling from Europe, he should be somewhat fresh, I would think. Like I know jet lag probably will have some impact, but you know, by by the time they play Thursday, he should be good to go, right? Yeah. But to me, the, the thing that gets me about the Blackhawks is, like, their top six is really good, obviously. But, though I have my concerns about Dylan Strome. But the top six is fine. But their defense is just abysmal. And who knows how long, you know, Crawford's going to stay healthy. And who knows how what Laner's going to do now that he's away from, you know, Barry Trotz. So. If I wasn't in the conversation and didn't know who you were talking about, I would have thought you were just describing the Jets. Top six is really good. Questions down the middle. 
Very questionable defense. defense. And then we don't really know what we're going to get out of Corey Crawford. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I, I like the comparison there. <laughs> it's just like... I, I, think, I think it's... Gonna, an, is this game going to end 8-7? The thing that gets me, honestly, is uh, the, the fact that it's a back-to-back from... They, like, they go to Chicago, and then they play in Winnipeg against the Penguins. Like, yeah, those two places weird. are both nowhere near each other, and you're traveling across international borders. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know if someone on the Jets just really made somebody on the scheduling committee mad or what. Right? Like, this is a wild schedule. Like, sometimes I think the same way about the Flyers, because the Flyers always have a hard schedule, and this year... Well, no, the thing, the thing is, though, in the Eastern Conference, it's usually just like, oh, they put, like, a back-to-back or, like, you know, five games in eight days or something, and it's really gross. But usually out West, it's like, yeah, you'll play uh, San Jose, and then you'll play uh, Vancouver tomorrow. Okay. But here's the thing. I'll have you know the Flyers have the most games uh, – games to play while tired against rested opponents and the fewest rested games played against tired opponents. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that, that, a, that all I'm saying is that, that they're going to be really tired playing rested teams and not so rested playing tired teams. Um, but we're getting off topic again. Um, yeah. So we don't know that much about the black. How do you, how do you think this top line, this Taze Kane Nylander line is going to line up, match up against our? Are they going to go one on one v like top best against best? Is the Shifley Connor Wheeler line going to get to face off against Taze Kane Nylander? Because I hope so. That sounds like a fun day. Yeah, like I'm sure. Also, if these two teams played three on three overtime, that would be a lot of fun. Oh my goodness, would that be fun? And, you know, when you mentioned uh, in our last episode that you thought the Jets should just do three forwards in a three-on-three overtime, Blackhawks should do the same. Let's do three forwards against three forwards. Have at it. Yeah, but I would say even the Jets have more depth than the Blackhawks do. I think that's fair. Um, Mostly because... Because if if you did three forwards for the Blackhawks, it would be Taze, Kane, and Debrinkit. And then after that, you would have, like... Well, Brandon I mean, Sod, Strom and Shaw. I'm assuming I'm assuming that Duncan Keith is going to have to play some of that overtime. At some point, Duncan Keith has to play in that overtime. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying I like I feel like the Jets could do two rotations of three forwards. Oh, OK. You know, and I was I was going to say, I just think that the Jets have more depth, mostly because Cop is playing a lot better than we thought he would in, in a second line center role. Um. Because, you know, in our season preview, we had him as a 4C. Yeah, yeah. That was... And he's he's taking that second-line center role and going, like, guys, I got this. Oh, yeah, he's been he's been really good for the Jets, and I think the, the Jets should be pretty happy with him. I mean, he's fifth on the team in Corsi 4 percentage. It's, it's Wheeler, Shifley, Line 8, Anthony Potato somehow, and then it's Andrew <laughs> I saw Potato got an assist. What is up with that? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what's up with that either. But. All right. 
Yeah, I think that's all we have for uh, this episode. Final score predictions for that Chicago Jets game. Uh, actually, do you want to do the Minnesota one first? <laughs> sure. Because um, that game will actually have happened by the next time we record, probably. So, four three Jets. Uh, I'll I'll go I'll go 5-4 Jets just to stay within the theme of let's just give up a lot of goals and score a lot of goals. So yeah, that's kind of my thinking too. And what are you thinking about the the Blackhawks game? I mean, I was gonna say that's the sort of fun thing about the Wild and Blackhawks games back to back is that uh, is that a uh, you get like these two top heavy offenses against some pretty questionable goaltending. <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, but that's the thing when when the the Penguins play, I think hey, that game is going to be like legitimately could be eight to six or something. Well, I almost, not, said eight, I almost said eight seven, but I don't want to have that sort of numerology out there. But you mean that Crosby voodoo? Yeah. But the problem with the Penguins now is that they're without Malkin and Bugstad down the middle. Oh, for a few that's weeks, right. I heard so. about that, and I totally forgot about that when I was talking about it. Yeah, so that, that's going to be it's going to be difficult for them. So I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as you think. But I just I'm just waiting for Crosby to just dunk all over like Potato or the guy that I can never remember that plays with Potato. <laughs> Pullman, Pullman, that's his name. The most Tucker forgettable Pullman, jet. Yeah. I, I swear, Who is Tucker, he? I, I swear, Tucker Pullman is always referred to by his soul name. Like it's never just Pullman; it's always Tucker Pullman. You know. That's true. But, I mean, I just know this Pullman. All right, I think in the Blackhawks game, actually, I I picked first last time. What do you think in the Blackhawks game? The Blackhawks game, uh, I'll go four three overtime loss. I was gonna go six five overtime win. Mm. I'm very optimistic this week. Yeah, and I and I think they'll they'll lose to the Penguins. We're getting four points in the next after the Tuesday game. We're getting four points. Well, we'll see. Any I am final. not confident about Tuesday's game. If, if you guys are listening to this in the future and the Jets did really well on Tuesday, congratulations. You can rub it in my face. I was going to say, are you just going to take credit for everything this year? Like getting Kulikov to score, getting Line A to score? This is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that That is the plan. <laughs> It's just the universe is just loves to prove me wrong. So I'm going to abuse that power with this podcast. Sounds good. All right. Uh, any other final thoughts before we call it a day? Mm. Pick comp in your fantasy team, your daily fantasy. I mean, that's, that's a pretty decent suggestion given his teammates and the I mean, amount of time he yeah. plays. And he's not going to cost you that much. So in daily fantasy where you've got the – Costco. So, all right. That's my final thought. Do you have a final thought? Uh, actually, I, I, I'm pretty tapped out in sort of thoughts. I don't, oh. play, I don't play daily fantasy, so I can't give well, you really any tips on that one. All right. Uh, other well, than, what, like, probably don't take a Jets defenseman, like, at all. But, well, I know. Yeah. I, I mean, they could, get, they could get you points. Like, Potato got an assist, so, you know, anything's possible. Yeah, but if you're putting Anthony Potato on your daily fantasy team like i feel like that's pretty cool <laughs> well, that just means that you place, so. that just means you spent too much on everybody else and you just need to pick up like a defenseman i just need somebody to fill a spot you know? <laughs> yeah right 
This guy exists. I, I sprung for Ovechkin, so I gotta just fill a, fill a spot somewhere else. <sighs> okay. All right. I think that is it. So that's it. You can follow us. I'm on Twitter at bferrell seven two seven. TC. I'm at TC underscore nine zero four, and I'm also on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Grit per sixty pod. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes as well whenever I get around to uploading the stuff. And yeah, I believe that is everything we have today. So thank you for listening. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.